sweet. Uh, hey, thanks for a good time of the prayer and song and praise and worship. It's good, yeah. Yeah, I love I love the time that we we get to spend, man. I don't know if it's good for it's good for you, but be sensitive. I mean, you, all of us here are gonna spend uh, a vast amount of time in praise and worship. You know, a lot of us are gonna spend time in prayer, like group group prayer. I mean, that if we're if we're believers, you know, and we're gonna do this up until Jesus comes back. Uh, just get sensitive to how God talks to you during those times. During college, I, uh, so tonight I want to talk about creative expression of faith. Yeah, faith sometimes becomes so one-dimensional, you know, like, oh, church, oh, only read, oh, you know, like, and I feel like, I feel that we, we lose a lot of the flavor behind God's creativity and it's good for us to be sensitive to uh, the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit of God is doing. Uh, our, our root scripture for tonight, like the scripture I want to end with, is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And, and within there it says, uh, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Yeah? When, when our times... There's going to come times in our lives where we're going to have moments like tonight where it's a little bit different, you know. I'm always trying to like think, like, God, what are you doing? What do you want to do? What's going on? Like tonight was a little bit different. There's a handful at 7 o'clock and we'd like to start on time. But I was like, well, God, what are you doing? You know, like I don't want to just become a cookie cutter Christian. I don't want to do cookie cutter Monday nights. Like we always pray in the group and then we always sing and then we always pray in smaller groups and then, we, you know, and it's all good stuff, but I, I just want to have that be rhythmic without the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? Like we want God to be at the middle of all the things that we do. And so my encouragement to you is we're going to spend a lot of time. You're going to spend hours of your life, and rightly so, praying and in the word, praying with others, in times of praise and worship because God is deserving of it all and it's good for us to do that. Be sensitive to how God talks to you. There's been seasons in my life where uh, I didn't stand. You guys know praise and worship guys are like, hey, let's stand to our feet. I'm like, no, I'm not going to stand. And then there's times where everybody is seated and God's like, you should stand right now. And there's all these emotions. In college, I used to, college used to have chapel Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and God had me on this journal, on this journal, this journey. <laughs> he probably had a journal of my life. <laughs> anyway, um, God had me on this journey. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, from 10 to like 10.45 in college, we had, we had praise and worship and, and, and messages. And God would have me on different seasons where he would just force me to sit down like everybody's jamming and I'm just like I want to stand I want to stand you know and God's like no just sit listen worship me from your chair and then other times where everybody's seated and God's like stand now and I'm like nobody else is standing (laughs) you know 
And then in, in our chapel, there used to be like a, a huge bench in the front. I mean, our chapel sat maybe 2,100 people, and it was kind of like these theater seats. And in the front was this, this two-foot-high bench. And sometimes mid-praise and worship, God would be like, go down to the front and worship me from there. And I'm like, but nobody else is over there, you know? And so I'd go up there for the songs and maybe a couple of people would join me and then the songs would finish and God's like, stay there, stay here. And I'm like, but everybody else is seated and going back to their seats, you know? And so I would sit down and I would just like listen to the message from the front. This conversation, you know, we're talking about this, this inner conversation with God because he's the creator God. When we're not listening to the Holy Spirit and when we're just doing our own thing, Faith can become so fake and so flat and so rhythmic, you know? And not that rhythm is a bad thing. Sometimes rhythm, when there's no meaning behind it, can just become like, oh man, just meaningless and pointless and aimless. And we don't ever want our, our relationship with God to be that. So my encouragement to you is listen. Listen to God when you read Listen to God when we are singing. Listen to God when we're in groups of prayer and other people are talking, you know? It's like, God, what's up, you know? What do you got for me? Sometimes God will download full outline sermons to me. Like say I'm prepping for a sermon and I don't really know what I'm supposed to talk, but I know like I got a moment that I'm going to be speaking in a, in a week or a month from now and I'm, I've been praying on it, thinking about it. And I'm sitting there and praying, praying, and God just will go, here you go, boom, and download like the whole outline. Topic, first point, second point, third point, little in-between sections, and I'm like, shoots, and I stop and I start writing, you know? And I start writing, and I'm just like, oh, I've got to get this going. That's why it's good for us to have, like, a, a journal. Because sometimes God will just pop in, and you're like, oh, I've got to write it down fast before I lose it. Because sometimes my mind, like, it's like a dream, you know? Anybody, anybody have dreams that you remember? Like, I'm not sure about you, but I have maybe a, a couple that I can remember clearly. But I dream all the time, you know? And sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I forget, like, I wake up and there's alarm clock and then I'm like off, like I'm already doing, like said, get out of bed and, and I'm brushing my teeth. And then I forget what I, the whole dream I just had. You know, you have that one moment where you like, oh, I wish I remembered what it was. It was so fresh and renewing and encouraging or maybe it was like weird and wacky and you wanted to remember that one. Um, but there's really only been maybe two or three dreams in my, in my life that I actually remembered in detail. But it's kind of like that. When God speaks to you, sometimes it's like, it's, it's, it's so strong and powerful and yet delicate and gentle. You know? And for me, I'm like, I don't want to miss it. You know, so I just like, if I don't have my journal, boom, I'll just like write it on a notepad or, you know, grab my phone and just like, you know, I usually don't use my phone because I cannot like type as fast as I'm thinking. You know, like when I'm writing, I'm just like, oh, scribble, scribble, scribble. Just so I can get like the sub points for me to remember what it is that, that God is trying to tell me. We live in a time right now where faith 
is on trial. I was listening to his sermon the other week, and the pastor was saying, you know, there was a, a, a time in the, the church where the church was making converts of the world. You know, like we love Jesus, and we go into the world and tell people Jesus loves them, and demonstrate to them faith in God, and then they see who God is, and then they become believers, right? It's happened to every single one of us. But more and more, the world is making converts of the church. And it's not supposed to be like that. Like our faith shouldn't be this thing that we just like flaunt around and we're not really paying attention to it. There's, my friends, within Christianity, there is nothing more important, nothing, not a single thing more important than your faith in Jesus. You can memorize scripture, maybe not memorize scripture. You can read your Bible today and maybe not tomorrow, big deal. You can come to church 52 weeks out of, out of the year, yeah, every, every Sunday, or maybe you come to some, maybe you miss some. There's nothing more important. Everything else is changing, shifting, and none of that, I mean, it, it helps and it encourages your faith and all those things, but none of that in and of itself is the most important thing. The thing that saves us is our belief and trust in Jesus. Amen? And so, so that, that's, that's what we want to be the focus of what we do. So, so we want, rather than it being flat and, and, and fake, we want it to be like creative, you know? Inspiring, authentic, genuine. We want it to be like New Year's fireworks, you know? Like you look at that and we see it maybe twice a year for those that live on Maui, you know? And all the criminals of country and downtown are just like setting off fireworks, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know and you look at that and you're like oh that's sick you know oh that's mean you know it's not a, a normal thing but it what is the danger of like why does our faith become flat sometimes that's not rhetorical i want a response why does our faith become flat sometimes. <laughs> why does our faith become fake and flatlined sometimes? Like why do we just like don't think it's the most important thing out there? Okay, lack of fellowship. Maybe more fellowship with the world than with your faith family, yeah. Not as much excitement. Yeah. Persecution. Yeah. I would say maybe sometimes the lack of persecution, you know? Like fireworks are cool because you see it maybe twice a year, you know, like July 4th and, you know? Yeah. New Year's Eve, you know? New Year's or when, you know, Larry Ellison has his yacht off of Wailea and he chooses to do fireworks. It has happened before. I'm like, what? What's the date today? Um. Like fireworks are special because we don't see it a whole lot, you know? The truth is that we live our faith out every single day. And so anything that we do rhythmic, sometimes we just we don't think about it all that much. I mean, how many of you guys are ecstatic after you brush your teeth in the morning? 
Like, yeah, that was action. Yeah, that was so me. We do it every day. Well, at least hopefully we do it every day. Amen? I came ecstatic right uh, this summer, you know, when I, when I had my first, like, mango. I know we talked about mango last week. I'll talk about it again. Okay? I'm like, boom. I had my first mango, and I was like, psyching. Well, not my first ever. Just my first of the summer. Ellie's like, you've only had one in your life? Who are you? I would have that on IV tap, okay, if I, if I could. Anyway, I, I probably had eight so far this season. And the eighth isn't as fresh as the first. You know, the more we do things, the, the, just the, we're human, you know, and we just lose focus, you know. But it's good for us to go back to the Lord and just ask him, God, how can we, how can you stir up what it is that you have inside of us? Okay, scripture, uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30, and then we'll go 36 through 43. Is the parable of uh, the sower starts in 13, and then we get to 34. It's the parable of the, the weeds. Okay, it's kind of what I what I said earlier, but I, would, I just want to read that uh, for a little bit. Right there, Matthew 13:24. Okay, so Jesus is talking, and he says, uh, "Put another parable before them, saying, or he, he Jesus put a." Another parable before them saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed uh, weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, when the weeds appeared um, also, oh, and th- then the, the weeds appeared also, and the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed? in your field how then uh does it have weeds he said to them an enemy has done this so the servant said to him then do you want us to go and gather them but he said no lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them let both grow together until the harvest and at the harvest time i will tell the reapers gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Jesus gives an explanation in verse 36. Okay? So Matthew 13, 36. Then he, Jesus, left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. Jesus answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man, the field is the world, and the good seed is the sons and daughters of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons and daughters of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the close of the age, and the reapers are the angels. You guys get all those points? Good seeds, believers, bad seeds non-believers the one who sowed the good seed the believers is jesus son of god the one who sowed the bad seed is the devil yeah the field is the world in harvest time 
Yeah, the reapers, the ones that go in there and harvest, are the angels. And the angels are going to bind up the weeds together to be burned. And then all the wheat will be gathered. And, and, and that will be tested as well. Um, so that it can produce its final stage. But we'll get to that later. Okay? So verse 40. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the close of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Uh, he who has ears, let him hear. Okay. Um, great verse. Great for us. Okay. I don't think it's a stretch for me to say that this is what is happening in the world. Okay. Uh, what, is, what, is, what is a cool insight? So thinking about the scripture and the explanation, how can we apply it to our Christian life? Like where should we live out our Christian life? Or where shouldn't we live out our Christian life? To what of those questions? You should. There's two questions. So where should we live our faith out? The world? Where where shouldn't we live our faith out? We shouldn't live our faith out nowhere. Good, we shouldn't live our faith out nowhere. Two negatives, yeah. The double negatives, I like it. Go, Victor. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Press the mic. This is on the record too. Speak into the mic. I was listening to this guy and he was uh he was um like messing around with this scripture and he was like talking about um just like a year of life that he was going through and it was talk specifically talking about like roots. So this was like one of the things that he was talking about and like I noticed that um like the fit, uh it says uh the field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. So it's like where we develop our root system, like something that I've been learning through as I go through, as I go through my, uh, my just my my learning, my learning, um, just in the field and where I'm at right at this moment. Like I'm noticing that uh, that. Our root system is like definitely something that we need to um, establish just to make it clear so that when we sprout out or when, when the, move, the move of the Holy Spirit, I guess, gives us, you know, the power to do those things, then we're able to like produce those things. good. No, it's good. We want to have, uh, hold on, wait. Uh, we want to have a good foundation, you know? A good rooted foundation. So, so what I was getting at was that Jesus had assumed that our faith would be lived out in the world. I mean, there was a season. One of my, my favorite uh, 
classes in all of college was Bible church history. Yeah, and so we got to study like the, the history of the church post-Jesus. So Jesus came, lived, loved, died, and then there was his followers, right? And, and we're part of that generation that followed Jesus. And there's all kinds of different expressions of faith. There was seasons where there was the, the monks and, and the belief, the most holy type of life that you could live at that time, as far as what man thought, was uh, to isolate yourself from the world, to remove yourself from the world, because the world is corrupt, you know? The world is full of sinners and full of temptation and full of dirt. So run away as far as you can. So you had guys living in uh, caves. You had guys removed up in the mountains. There was guys who lived a uh, majority of their lives on the top of a pole. They would build this room and house on top of a pole and people would send them food. But, but for the most part, they lived in a box their entire lives because they wanted to run away from the world. And I don't necessarily think that's what Jesus wanted to do because you got to think if that was the most holy way that you could live, I, Jesus probably would have done that, you know? But Jesus was mixing it up. He was going to dinner with sinners, you know? He was hanging out with the disobedient and the unrighteous. I mean, we're reading the book of Matthew. Matthew, what was Matthew's, what was Matthew's occupation pre-Jesus? Tax collector. And nobody liked tax collectors. Well, I don't even like tax collectors. Okay? <laughs> you know? And back in the day, they were, they were, uh, maybe today too. I don't know. <laughs> you know, they were cheats. They were robbers. They would collect taxes uh, for the, the government and then they would keep shares for themselves. You know? And Jesus recruited one of those guys to be one of his 12, you know, which is pretty awesome. Um, but thinking about our creative expression of faith, uh, what's the problem? What's one of the things that derail us from living a creative uh, life for Jesus? The world that produces what in us? sins good job guys you guys are awesome you guys are awesome yeah sin, the sin right uh the, the the biggest problem this side of heaven is sin i mean if there was no sin life would be action imagine imagine no sin that your motive is right your actions are right uh, your time management is right where you are is perfect and flawless and when you leave, it's perfect and flawless. Like, everything that you do, no flaw. You know? Like, sinless, everything. That would be action. But the problem is, that doesn't happen. You know? That doesn't happen. This side of heaven, whether we're believers or unbelievers, we got sin. Amen? The only difference is that those that are believers are covered by the blood of Jesus. That's a big difference. There's people who sin that aren't covered yeah, and that's what Matthew was teaching, or Jesus was teaching in the book of Matthew, was that those are the weeds. Yeah, those are the weeds that are going to be harvested and they're going to be burnt. But praise God that all those who believe in Jesus, we're not the weeds, we're the wheat. We're going to be gathered and brought into his storehouse. Amen? 
Okay, so there's, there's different business philosophies out there, okay? There's these two different types of teachings where you can strengthen your strengths or strengthen your weaknesses. So think about that. Sometimes there's, there's different business models where people will come in and they'll do an assessment of your company and tell you what your weaknesses are, tell you what your strengths are. And there's a philosophy that goes out there uh, where some people look at their weaknesses and try to strengthen their weaknesses so that they don't have as many weaknesses or other people who don't think about their weaknesses as much and focus mostly on their strength. Okay, just by a show of hands, where do you think you would lie? If I gave you two options, like to strengthen your weaknesses or to strengthen your strengths on a 50-50 scale, like you got to choose one, who here would choose strengthen your weaknesses? Like work on your weaknesses. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, that will strengthen your weaknesses. Okay, who here would strengthen their strengths? One, two, three, four. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, after after doing much study, yeah, they they said uh, they these guys who do studies um, and tests out there have have found that. It's actually more beneficial for us to spend time strengthening our strengths, the things that we do good, the things that maybe God has gifted us with, the things that God has given us talents for or desire for or resources for. Because sometimes, and, and I think it's biblical too, that we can spend time thinking about our sin and it doesn't necessarily take us to our Savior. Right? I mean, I just said it earlier. The problem with Christianity and this side of heaven, our lives that we, well, not the problem with Christianity, but the problem and one of the struggles with our faith is sin, you know? Especially for believers. When you're not a believer, sin isn't really sin, you know? Like, you don't really know what is right and wrong. You just do whatever you want. Like, sleep with whoever you want to sleep, party when you ever want to party. Like, really, it, it's, if you're not living for God, you're just living with your own conscience, as long as I can wake up in the morning, make it to my job, and not be like struggling with my hangover, big deal. But for those that are believers, it really is a big deal. Because God has replaced our heart of stone with a heart of flesh. And upon that heart, Scripture says, he's written his law. Like he's written his own word onto our hearts so that it's like we, we want to worship him. We want to love him. We want to be faithful people. But well, the problem sometimes is, is our sin, you know? And so the worst time for me in my Christian life was when I was like, I don't know, in high school-ish, graduated early college years, and I loved Jesus with all my heart. So like I was like passionate. By that time, I was already leading worship, and I was preaching, and I was trying to lead people to Jesus, and I loved him. Like I had a personal relationship with God, and it was vibrant. Like we... Uh, my friends and I uh, were real similar to this crew. Like we're like hiking and we're out surfing and we're jumping off cliffs and we're like, we're doing it. You know, we're like, we're not staying like singing Kumbaya around the, well, we did that a couple times, but, <laughs> but we were doing bonfires at the beach. We were burning stuff. I mean, hey, I, I had this image, this image. Of, okay, not, we weren't burning. 
we burnt items, but it was healthy. It's weird to Oahu for spring break. We were on like Pipeline Beach, and one of my friends had this Christmas tree um, that was like five months old, and it was super dry. And we grabbed it and burnt it, and we were dancing around it at night. Anyway, um, it was it was fun. It was fun. So similar similar to that season, I feel like the, our crew right now we live a, a creative faith. Like we do some pretty fun things. But there was a season in there where, although I love Jesus with all my heart, like the sin, man, there's so much guilt and shame. And, and when I sinned, like I felt like I, I had to punch myself in the face as many times as I could to prove that I was sorry to God. Anybody feel like that? Like you sin and you're like, I cannot ask for, I cannot say sorry right now because it just would be not genuine. And so I have to mutilate my body and my spirit to show God my remorse. Anybody identify with that a little? It's called penance. Yeah? It's like a teaching that sometimes stirs up within our faith that says, like, if I do one bad thing, I have to do seven good things. That's not faith. That's not grace. correct biblical teaching is God has done the seven good things and he has made atonement for the one wrong thing that you've done you know and really your good things suck (laughs) in his eyes our righteousness is like filthy rags like the best of humanity you know really in comparison to who God is we really don't matter so Sean actually had the correct response we want to Strengthen our strengths and manage our weaknesses. You cannot totally ignore your weaknesses. But we don't want to only focus on your weakness. And I feel like in Christianity, so much of what we do is that. Like, we get defined by our sin rather than defined by our Savior. You know what I mean? Like when you think like, hey, how's your faith doing? The first thing you think about is the wrong that you do. Rather than the right things that God has allowed you to do. Like God uses you guys to do amazing things, you know? And we we play it off like whatever, big deal. And the thing that, the recorder that is broken in our mind that makes us think about our lives is the sin. And it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like that. That's what Christ went to the cross for. To bring us life and life more abundantly. So that we can be have we can have a creative expression about our faith. Good. And and I want that to be a part of our lives. I want that to be a part of this summer. That manage the weaknesses, but let's run after our strengths. You know. So what are the things that God has gifted you with? What are the the, the passions that He has put on your heart? Let's do those things more. You know. Let's manage the the temptations and things, but not spend a whole lot of time doing that. Let's spend more time doing the things that God has gifted us with. How awesome would that be? You know, to come in a couple weeks from now, you know, the end of June, be able to look back on this month and be like, man, it was a pretty good month. What are the things that I did? Boom. And you can list off because you were intentional about the life that you were living. You weren't just like, Whatever. What are you going to do this summer? Uh, I don't know. 
Even if your time is spent sleeping, be intentional about it. Because sleeping is not a bad thing. We've got to rest sometimes. Amen? Amen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Once every seven days. Yeah. Not every night. Yeah, once every seven like that. It's good. Cheater. Oh, you're going to be so smart. Um, anyway. So, um, let, me, let me just read Hebrews uh, 12, the whole verse, 1 and 2. And hopefully this can be, um, this is definitely one of my, my memory verses. Uh, in the middle of it is that fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. But let me just read that, that whole section to you. So chapter 11 is the hall of faith, you know, rather than the hall of fame. Read, read chapter 11 tonight or whenever. Hebrews chapter 11, action. That those who lived for the Lord and what they did and some died and some came back and God answered some prayers and didn't answer some prayers, but they were all faithful to the end. So, verse 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, they're talking about the chapter 11 witnesses, so those that are already dead, but they're surrounding us, which is pretty awesome. Therefore, since we're surrounded by the faithful, like we can't see them, but they're there. You know, they're cheering us on. I think about my grandfather, who was a passionate believer, who's not living anymore. You know, I think about uh, uncles of mine, friends of mine. Um, uh, you guys all know like Kyaka and, and Paiva guys. They, they had a classmate who uh, passed away when he was 20, uh, 21, 22. Uh, faithful, 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 you know died tragically young he had a baby girl was gonna get married and died in a in a in a motorcycle accident tragic but he's part of the cloud of witnesses you know and and we're gonna see him again you know but anyway therefore since we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses let us lay aside and throw off every weight and the sin that clings uh, to us or the, the sin that entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of God so let's throw off the sin boom and run after Jesus you know let's run the race rather than just be like stumbling you know Let's play the game rather than just like doing the drills. You know? It's good, man. It's good. Um, okay, that's all I got, man. That's all I got. Live, live Jesus, you know? Let's, let's try to find creative expressions of our faith this summer. Do things that God has gifted you with or given you talents for. And let's, you know, Let's hopefully have something to show for it come the end of summer, you know? Like be able to look back and be like, bro, that was action. You know, how was your summer? Boom, let me tell you. Here's some things that, that I was able to do and the things that God allowed me to accomplish. Amen? Shoot. Let's pray, let's pray. Jesus, thanks so much for tonight. Uh, just pray your blessing and your spirit. We can't live a creative life, Lord, uh, with expression, uh, without your Holy Spirit. Um, so I just pray that these words wouldn't just be empty words, but 
um, they would be received on uh, fertile soil and, and open hearts. And I uh, pray for each person here, Lord, just the Spirit of living God, so that they can accomplish the things that you have set before them to do already. Thanks that we are your masterpiece, that we've been created in your image for good works, which you set apart for us in Christ Jesus. And uh, yeah, we just love you and give you all the glory, honor, and praise. We just want to lift up a quick prayer for uh, Bill Hollingsworth, his, his, uh, his dad or grandpa is having a heart, uh, dad, his dad is uh, having some heart complications. We just pray for healing and uh, pray that you receive all glory, honor, and praise. We continue to pray for Trucker and uh, your deliverance, Father, and the cancer from his, his body. And uh, Father, for all the other needs that uh, hasn't been expressed tonight, uh, I just ask that you would hear our prayers, Lord, as we go out through this week. Uh, thanks for bringing um, Kiko's dad back, uh, just from his back surgery on a waffle. Just pray for continued healing there. And uh, yeah, for all these things, we give you praise, Father. In Jesus' name we pray.